Welcome to Five Blossom Radio with your host, Denise Richard. Five Blossom Empowerment is based on an unusual model for growth, combining elements of the arts, health, and spirituality. Now, here is Denise Richard. Welcoming you today to Five Blossom Radio. Uh, my name is Denise Richard, and we're, today we're speaking on the rights of the individual, spirituality in 2020. So our podcast is actually going to speak to a sen- to the sensitive issues of empowerment and rights and how to hold or how do we hold to the value of heart in a, a challenging world. This is a, a special moment for me. The speaking and the offering of these thoughts gives me great pleasure. I truly hope that you're able to walk with me and enjoy the, the gentle work that I'm going to give, that I'm going to offer you. I want to remind our listeners that if you have any questions today on the topic, you can Facebook at Five Blossom Gatherings, or you can email at fiveblossomgatherings at gmail.com, on Twitter at Fires of Compassion, and on LinkedIn, Denise Richard. So the Five Blossom Gatherings opens the door to uh, five unique ways of learning, and this is a is a work in progress of course it's been i've been opening my heart to this model for about oh 30 years uh these rights that i'm going to offer that this these thoughts that i'm going to offer you today i've been working on for about five years i first uh, wrote them about five years ago those of you who would want to take a look at some of the writing it's just just a little bit of information. You can see that on lightofcompassion.ca. So, as I open up uh, today, I want to want to open up with the the thought of a blossom here. Uh, for those of you who enjoy flowers and the delicate essence or es- uh, you know smell, the bloom, and the exquisiteness of a flower, uh, this is the way of five blossoms of offering you the the delicateness uh, of thought and the delicateness of awareness that we come to. I particularly like orchids and how the blooms open in a particular fashion, a particular rhythm. It's, a, it's very powerful. So Five Blossom Model uh, is succinct in helping people grow, helping uh, a community grow. So each of the blossoms, as I mentioned, is a doorway that supports uh, a work of sensitivity, a work of heart, a work of consciousness. In our first pos- podcast, we spoke to how each blossom is distinct in the model. The reason I'm mentioning this again is because today I'm going to talk about two of the blossoms in a certain way, and these are the blossoms that relate to thought. Uh, one of the blossoms is clear thought, so an open mind, a clear mind, and the other blossom uh, relates to the way that um, we take thought and bring it in to words. So we distinguish a way of clear thought and how we evolve to express uh, thought with words. So as I introduce the expression of thought into words, really, because that's what I'm doing, uh, it's exciting to share this with you. It's uh, the first time I share it this way. As I format it a little bit differently, I hope that it's easy for you to understand. So I'm going to start with a few ideas uh, that involve a way of observing and a way of thinking that isn't usual. It's not unique, yet it's obvious. 
and it's a simple and a very practical way of seeing. About a century ago, it may have been seen as sensible. Uh, today, it's so basic, it often gets neglected. It's like we learn, we create a foundation for thought, and we build on it, and we forget what the foundation was was at once. And so I'm, I'm coming back to some basic ideas or thoughts that we all know and how it relates to the model, but also to spirituality. So this view supports a way of health that reflects the heart in compassion. So when we come to health issues and have to open to sincere concerns for compassionate care, uh, we look at the need for spiritual grounding and empowerment. And this is what usually gets expressed in some way. When deep healing and care is needed, we actually start asking questions. So here I'm going to give you some questions that often will come up or for you to consider. So who gives care? And where do we get spiritual grounding? How do we learn spiritual holding? And how do we speak to the tender issue that a good spirit demands? So these questions are of value at Five Blossom Gatherings. Soothing, soothing. We all want soothing and soothing the inquiring mind. If, we, if you leave the mind open and let the questions just simmer, there's a certain impulse, a certain power that will come forward. So in our last podcast, we opened to the concern of the environment in earth stewardship and the need for reflection on the importance of a greater understanding, the larger context and support for a bigger, bigger field of awareness. So the questions naturally gravitate and they go towards the land so if we take the concern and we ask what is the spirit what is spiritual care for the land and what is meaningful in this growth how do we hold beauty and distinction in the evolution that we're looking for or that we're looking at So if each stage of growth, let's say personally and collectively, I will consider a transition. I call it a transition, a process that you don't want to miss. It's like an important movie, an important film. If you savor all the details of it, you get the full meaning. So each stage of our growth helps us to understand who we are. It serves as an experience and helps us to get clear on what's important. It's a vantage or a position that can indicate our way of service. Like, what do you want to be? You know, that famous question, what do you want to be when you grow up? The stronger the transition, those really challenging passages can leave us in a position of powerlessness. We get an understanding of how final life is. This kind of passage opens us in a spiritual way and to look for spiritual care. So if we generally have three to five significant transitions in a lifetime and each transition helps you move or or helps us all move to a deeper spiritual grounding, each transition is therefore important. It's a building. 
towards something. So I'm going to look at the question of what do I mean by spiritual grounding? And I'm going to ask you to take a look at that. So spiritual grounding, we have these two words. And they each word indicates a distinct way. So they're opposites, really. The word grounding is of earth. It's concrete. It's tangible. And the word spiritual is something that we often can't put into words. So some say it's of spirit. What does that mean? How can we put words to that? So how we explore the relationship between these two meanings and how we integrate these in our world will define a personal way within. So this is an alignment that we work with throughout our life. So we manifest this spiritual grounding through the alignment that was given at birth. It's given to us. So we grow in a spiritual way through the faith or the way of heart in our family of origin. So how we relate to the issue of a spiritual grounding is influenced by many. We cannot change the given birth, and how we relate will involve everyone. It's significant to know we influence by way of personal choice. So people come to me and ask, can you help with the issue of family? And I can't change what was given. It's the one thing that's firm. A grounding is given when you're born, and the process of how you relate to this grounding is your responsibility. Support through the processes of growth, whether it's a way of faith given by ancestors or offered through your life's challenges, is, 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 is approached in an intuitive way. So how we go through this and who we hold close to us is part of the work. So we learn of our evolution through experience. We look back and see, oh, how, how was the experience? How did it move us? What understanding did we claim from that? We see, was it good for me? Was it not good for me? And you hope that that reflection is going to support you in some way. It's going to guide you in some way. So I remember an example of this um, many years ago. I remember listening to a well-known author speak on the issue of family and collective growth, and the image that was given was that of a mobile. It's a very common image now, but imagine a delicate mobile. I, I like to choose airplanes. So these little floating airplanes on a mobile above. A, a lovely creation of love. I can see them. So each branch of the mobile has a tiny airplane on it. And you, it looks like a family tree, and the branches are spreading wide. So it was demonstrated that if we pull on one little plane, so imagine a child trying to move one of those planes in its own succinct way, the whole mobile will move accordingly. So there's no other way. Each part of the mobile is moved. And all the planes are affected. So each in its own way of being, each can be seen individually affected. Spiritual grounding is the weaving of this understanding as the way we influence everything with the choices we make. So who supports us in care of our spiritual grounding is valuable. 
So I've enjoyed traveling a lot, and I've wandered in many places. And I, I remember uh, at times really longing to travel. It's it was you know not not my family. Nobody else did what I did, but I really loved it. So in response to one of these deep, deep longings, uh, I was taken to journey and to travel to uh, another country. And it turned out that the the calling brought my daughter and I together on this one. And we went to an ancient site. So it was valuable on many levels since neither of us had any preconception, any thought about the outcome. It was completely new for us to travel together, but it was also new to go to that particular kind of site. So we call, you know, in this country, we call it adventuring. Well, together we had we had never enjoyed adventuring and it it was it was beautiful because we both had an open mind and that was really good for us so what I was aware of was that as she was going from childhood into adolescence into you know into herself the beauty of her being wasn't obvious to her I mean to some degree it is but it isn't we, we don't have the reflection yet it's brand new and the issue of a foreign world was delicate also. Well, here she moved herself to the possibility of a greater experience with the world. And on this journey, the challenge for her was that it was the way that others perceived her. Her consciousness wasn't of the culture, and the immediate experience was intrigue. So here, the delicate energy and the challenging shifts and the all the different all the differences that she had to meet up with, the earth, the environment, and the openness to an ancient power, I never imagined that we would arrive at this place of spiritual union together. It was a very, very delicate time. We engaged with such heartfelt grounding, and the, the experience brought a deep soothing. Both of us were able to simply sit. There is something very, very special about honoring and being felt by the land so strongly that we're both taken. So with years of experience, I've come, I've become sensitive to the way that we journey and how earth actually supports our awakening. And this was one of those examples that the process that we went through was actually part of her becoming an adult and I was a mother. We were in a very, very specific relationship at that time. So what is the awakening? The awakening in this situation for us was, was the heart longing and wanting and needing. And, and it gave us a place of value. It also, it gave us a way of being. So every stage of growth supports the life cycle. So like the seasons, we refined our need to belong. So wanting to know we are valued and the need for connection, the need for engagement, the need to contact with ourselves and contact with soul. So in awakening, in these processes, we question and sense how to fulfill our needs in a world that isn't easy to know or trust. That's the most delicate place. We look to the earth for care and speak to a spiritual holding for comfort. That is the most common thing we do, and we, it's not often observed. Go sit. Go, go find a beautiful lake. 
go go sit on the ocean. Go sit in the park. It's a, it's a natural instinct. So as healthy beings, we have the right to experience, to the experience of moving through these stages without interference. Our personal development in the sensitive area of spirituality can be challenging as we don't have a worldview. We have a variety of faiths. We have those outside of faith. We have a need to grow. So here's the thought in accordance to what is a right. So as an individual, distinct in heart, mind, and body, I have the need to be connected. This is a human need. And I have interest in growth and health. And I instinctively look for compassionate care because I want health for myself, for my family, for my community. So so in holding to this idea that throughout a life cycle, throughout all those transitions, throughout the stages of my journey, and throughout the stages of your journey, we have rights. So the right to exist is distinct in need. So like the fish in the ocean, we all have the right to this world. This foundation, this foundation of thought is all we really have. As having rights demonstrates the use of mind and the use of heart. So this right allows for a way that supports a very deep knowing. What else can guide us and hold us when we're seeking, when we're sensing, when we're respecting the deep impulse or the information within? So as a person awakens or responds to an essence for contact with something greater, we evolve. So the right to exist holds to those who actually care. So the challenges are overwhelming when we're looking at this kind of issue. The experience of disengagement, of being moved away from that right, can throw a person into deep torment. So this is to say that the whole is never lost as the right to exist is always there. So now consider that your experience gives you individuality and through experience you claim existence. So with the right to have an experience we learn of ourselves and others. As a human being we come to know the way of relating as it exists. So if you can say, I exist, I am allowed to exist, I am allowed to have an experience, that I have the right to be, I am encouraged. So when the right to be is settled, what happens? 
What happens when you can sit on that park bench and say, I have a right to be here. I have a right to be available to my senses, to my community. It's a great sense of settling. You settle. We open. We open to a greater healing and desire. So in desiring, we feel the pull. And we look to fulfill our needs. As we explore and discover who we are, we begin the delicate sensing. What is the need? The issue here is of taking care and allowing the basic needs. Because the basic right to need will awaken a way of supporting engagement, connection, relationship. So you can see the thread here we're building. So if you start and you say, oh, okay, yeah, I have a right to exist. Oh, yeah, I have a right to have an experience. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I have an experience. Yeah, you can't take that away from me. Then you have a right to be. You have the right to be in all that. And you also have the right to feel from that way of being or that place of being. You have a right to need. And these are areas, that area is a little bit more sensitive. People get a little tender around needing. But yeah, we all need. And if we look at the basic needs, that's a, that's a whole other issue. But needing is important. So then when the issue of support opens with the need for connection, what's going to happen is the experience will draw us from a subtle or sensitive felt experience into physical being. So all that other stuff is just sensory. But we then we come into a more physical place. And this contact is with self. And this contact will support contact with the world. So the need actually supports the right to contact. So this right to contact and kindness enables conscious union. So the thread is getting stronger and it's going from a very deep personal place and it's going outward towards the world. That's, that's the evolution. So here, if you're becoming connected to the world, the, this right to contact and kindness enables conscious union. We become aware in the contact. So it, another level of the thread is exposed. I don't know if you can sense that, but there's there's a lot of power, a lot of a lot of light shining here, and the movement of consciousness starts to create another quality, which I consider to be harmony. Because if all that is allowed, then we then we have the right to togetherness. 
we have the and this togetherness is experienced but it's experienced through the right to have harmony so harmony what is harmony it's a positive movement of consciousness harmony is the way of heart really it's the, it's the calibrator it's the to me health is born of harmony So we go from contact into harmony. There, that sense of harmony, regardless of whether you you stay there or not, offers you something. It offers you an impulse and a recognition that you created something. So what is created through harmony inspires. So the right to evolve in creation, in togetherness, opens all in a greater way. So this, what I've just said, is the essence of faith. This essence, when creativity empowers us at heart, we come to know love. We come to know compassion. The right to love, the right to goodwill and holding together in harmony, the right to love is the foundation for spiritual grounding. It's a love for humanity. So here I mentioned uh, these points, and we'll go through them again later in another way, where I'll integrate them in another way, but I mentioned that this is often neglected, these basic, basic rights. You watch a child and you see all this. You give them crayons, and they go nuts. They can create. They can do something. These rights support and care and sensitively shift the light of heart. So, looking back, I recognized a beauty and a wonder that can only be felt. I remember describing life <laughs> as a tapestry. I, it's just something that, you know, it's not uncommon. People will say, well, life is a tapestry. But the delicate weaving of all the experiences we have is integrated through the choices we make. I'm inspired to understand that what sets us up, what sets up the structure for this story is something well beyond us. What sets up the loom for the weaver, what inspires is something greater. Why are we attracted to know the greater will or what shines on us? What, what is that? So the story is exactly as it should be. And the way we look to know will only be seen as it should. So if, descri- if, if desire is, is described, is born of a loving existence, moving through experience, what gives us the right to question? So to consider the rights is the one thing that we can't do in a social discord. 
if we see the world as a dominating field, we can't grow. There's a term used when one species of plant is overbearing and unwanted, and the term is invasive species, and it involves a, a concern. It's a, it's, it's a term I've, I've, I've heard quite a, quite a bit lately, and that a plant cannot bring health to the land. So this is the concern for all. When as people we can't allow ourselves to be in kindness for the pain of others invades our world to a degree that our existence is removed. It's a, it's, it's a very deep, very deep concern. So here I've offered you in thought something very special. And when we return from the break, I will speak to how we concern ourselves with the resetting of these rights for the benefit of all. So looking forward to talking to you after the break. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Five Blossom Gatherings is the website and program from Denise Richard. By visiting FiveBlossomGatherings.com, you'll find out more about Denise's professional Tai Chi and Qigong services. Explore her website and view works of art and much more. You can book healing and counseling sessions with Denise. She works with clients who have health interests and concerns. Her programs include Knowing Your Whole Body, Self-Care for Your Health, and Inspiring Wholeness. Visit 5BlossomGatherings.com today. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Listening to Five Blossom Radio. Connect with the program today by calling in to 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or send an email to Five Blossom Gatherings at gmail.com. Now, back to Five Blossom Radio. So welcoming you back to Five Blossom Radio, and today we're looking at the rights of the individual spirituality in 2020. So we just went through the rights, talking about them, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about the process with that and integrate them a little bit differently. So we're speaking to the need to seek, and it's, it's a, we're speaking to a natural way of evolving, and how to bring ourselves, how we bring ourselves to the world. So the view of this world, to me, is like a prism. It's uh, you know the, the it's lots lots of reflection, lots of color, lots of possibilities. And and as when we're young, that's that's the natural view. There's so many possibilities for us. It's the usual way we start the world. So the impulse towards the bigger world towards a way of giving and a, world, a way of caring and a word, way of honoring what is good will only actually be, associ- will be supported in association. 
That means those were associated with, those were connected with, how that is built and who it's built with is what helps bring us into the world. So wanting to grow a better version of ourselves and needing to break those habits, those, you know, in some in some ways, as we grow, we understand that some things in our in our ancestor and our lineage may not be good for us, may be harmful. And we might want to change these 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 patterns and working towards, you know, proper care of what's given to us if we're left with land or if we're left in we want to find a way that doesn't harm. So that impulse doing it in in a way that's heartfelt and doing it in a way that gives us a sense of satisfaction and a sense of of warmth a sense of comfort distinguishes us and helps to helps us to discover the world in a particular way so in essence the movement of this discovery and the movement in this way is so powerful yet inevitably uh, it will lead us to a place that we didn't know about. And that's kind of interesting to think this is where I want to go, but where we end up is often something we didn't have any experience of. And that's the biggest wow that we come to at every stage of our growth. We have a sense of what our you know 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s will be like, but we don't know. We don't know what it'll, what it'll give us. So distinguishing this, when this experience with boundaries, we feel safe when we have the right association. But when the world offers us so much and we have few boundaries, the experience asks for a better grounding. So when the experience turns into a you know that wild jungle, we have more sensitive concerns here. If the view isn't healthy, we start getting worried. So if the view is kind, we find tenderness and knowing and we have a personal grounding that helps to stabilize. But when it's not healthy, aye, mm-hmm, here we go. So why do we consider rights? In the midst of the growth, most people, when you're growing, if it's real growth, you'll feel elated. Yes, life will give you some good experiences. But we can also have some very painful ones, some real downers. And experiences that are painful place awareness right in our face. So we see things we may not like to see. We discover things that we may not want to accept. And we exper- the experience of it is part of our right. <laughs> Remember that the, we have the right to experience? And it's part of our right. So giving permission for care is a big deal here. Consider that this offers us hope, that in the process of growth, that we can know that there is a way of support. So the relationship we create with the issues that come alive, you know, those big ones that really vibrate, that create huge patterns for us, so over time, as you grow into who you are, you, you start seeing the patterns. But when you get the, the real biggies, that's when you really get to know who you are. Because you're going to see how you engage with the truth. So these experiences help to build a sense of familiarity when things are intensely shifting. And hopefully 
you know yourself enough to be able to move through the unknown without too much torment and without too much terror. So a spiritual grounding is like a safety net. It's the way that we consider the edge when things are delicate. When we need to pay attention to our choices and how they will affect everything. So a spiritual way kind of offers a way of consolidating those, those concerns, those debts that you didn't foresee. It helps you consolidate what is, but what isn't okay. So as circumstances are sometimes beyond our control, and for you know most human beings come to that understanding, that you likely will only have so much control, the life we foresee may not transpire. Your way of experience may not be able to support as you thought. So we learn to play as children. And, and hope that as adults we can use all the little building blocks and put them together at will. However, the greater will, that which unfolds, that which is beyond us in understanding, it isn't what we think. The experience in heart is what's going to hold us and what's going to allow us, what's going to groom us and either destroy us or claim us. It's the way of relating. So when we fall, the journey is heavily stimulated and the heartfelt choice will move us to either gather in a way of kindness, in a way of compassion, in a way of honor and with humility, or we'll fall into conflict. These are these are these are common common experiences. So our choice for spiritual grounding is offered in freedom. This isn't always easy. What is claimed at birth touches all, touches our ancestry, touches our family, touches community, touches the nation, it touches the world. So these sensitive, the sensitive foundation of rights that I spoke to is naturally given, yet not often understood. What may occur as these rights are held will either buffer the edge of experience or send us into a need for holding. So when contact is really important, really valuable here, the world is good. If we can get it, the world is good. When the view is hardened, though, we can feel these rights as painful and really unfulfilling. So long ago, I remember, it's a, you know, I've, I've spoken of this a little bit already. I was offered a, an experience of doing some work with uh, an indigenous group. And the elder 
who introduced this work to us was sincerely, sincerely uh, gifted. She looked at the issue of spiritual grounding. That was the first thing she spoke to. Now, not everybody, we're all of, we're all of different orientations. Some were of faith, some weren't of faith. It wasn't a question of who we were at that level. What she did was she asked the question. She was speaking to how we have a responsibility to what is offered at birth. And here we were gathered, and I was hoping, and everybody was looking to, to receive the teachings. So we're asked first to sit and contemplate and pray on what was given to us by our parents. And the reason is she spoke to the concern of appropriation. So we were asked a question, why would we be open to receiving this? And what was, what was our motivation? What were we, why were we here? And in doing this, we can consider that if something isn't okay, it isn't in heart or with love, she said, you can leave. Because if what you have in experience isn't okay, another faith or another way is not going to help you make it okay. So from her experience that taking in another faith would not take away the pain. I felt this, or this elder supported a really clean way of working and helping avoid the damage. The influence of the world web has brought so many things forward. Globalizing a way of viewing, generalizing a way, a need for contact, uh, amplifying the importance of personal grounding, offering information on levels that can't be integrated. We're just learning. We learn by seeking and appropriating. The concept of appropriation, I mean, where do we get it? How do we start that? Well, for me, the most obvious, because it, it's it's clearly marked, was when I was in art school and how different cultures influence a whole common artist, a whole common way of looking at uh, culture. So, for instance, the Impressionists or or you know the Cubists or the how we how we now integrate this in a culture. The world culture has integrated all this. So, in our hearts, these are used to describe a way of expression now. So your work looks very, you know, Monet-ish, or you look very Giorgio O'Keefe-ish, or you look, you know, let's say your work is influenced by, who, is your, who are your influences? And this is a very important way that we learn. Appropriation as a way of learning introduces a style, a form, a method, and it's valuable. We mimic to see how this is held within. So this is a common example of practice in education today. So, but in spiritual seeking, appropriation as described doesn't offer the same thing. As we learn familiar words, accents, terms, outside of culture, we think we understand the cultural power. In spiritual grounding, we cannot if we're not held in all ways. 
it isn't unusual to want to find something outside of our common view or to be attracted to a foreign practice. Yes, that's what we do. We're sensing, we're learning, we're looking to look, but this may have its dangers when it comes to spirituality. And if we don't have original guidance to understand the influence, we take on the cultural issues. So on question, what are the concerns? Well, we have become desensitized through the media to the impact of spiritual trade. And we need care for culture. So if each culture has a way of expression, in spiritual growth, if we take on a cultural understanding and cannot honor what was offered at birth, we set up a conflict. And I was very grateful to that elder because I checked to see, is there a conflict here? And there wasn't. I was fine. Otherwise, we will deny ourselves. So, with so much available, we're influenced. And as we speak, I'm aware that there's a movement in spiritual matters well beyond us. The issue opens the question of how to view the shift. We see that cultural boundaries are dissolving. People suffer because of this and they can't find ease. So this movement and change is held in kindness by those who can keep faith in culture and outside of it. So this is a, a moment of respect to those who keep faith for us. The effect is broad here. Those who hold faith to maintain boundaries for all. That's, a, that's an amazing blessing. Those who hold outside of tradition. Those who work with heart. Those who feel the stress of the openness and the boundless world, yet maintain goodness and right relationship for all. So when we discuss a way of managing this without the argument, we can grow because nobody's in charge. No one, no one faith can take responsibility. How do we come to a discussion when there is no possibility of compromise? So the message is that there are no answers, yet we have the responsibility to action. And what is important is a view that serves the whole, yet places the person in a way that isn't harmful, a way of conscious choice. So considering now the rights of the individual as I've spoken and the spiritual concerns in 2020, as I've shared, as we meet the conflict, as we remain open to learning, and as we rectify with heart, with heart 
these rites will help. Gently reviewing and gently renewing a simple, practical support that holds us, helps hold a clear mind. This is of old. This is really old. This is foundational practice. So the five blossom model opens, as I mentioned, to five ways of health and healing and reflects these rights to the individ- of the individual in a unique way. So I've spoken, we have five little blossoms and they're not in one particular order. You can view them however you want because they, they work together. If I look at my little flower in front of me here, she's got five blossoms on her, but it's a flower. They all all work together. So the first blossom I'd like to speak to today that touches these rites is clear thought. So it speaks to the opening of awareness and to a way of holding and engaging the senses. In the foundation and practice, what do we do? We observe. All traditions request this. We learn to listen. We learn to pay attention. And what do we claim as we learn the subtle nature of who we are? And relating to nature and basic understanding of rights, in essence, is our right. So, the practice allows for a way that supports deep knowing. What else is going to guide us and hold us when we're seeking and sensing and respecting you know, the deep impulse. So consider experience and how it refines our perception. We claim individuality. So here in this blossom, we see the right to exist. We see the right to experience. And we see the right to be. So this is settled. And then we have the opportunity to open to something greater, to a greater desire. So if we look at the next little blossom, which I'll call creative empowerment, in practice we feel the impulse to need, of need, the right to need. I've spoken to that with the right to create. So these, if you look at the right to exist and the right to experience and the right to be, then you start feeling the needs. And with that need, you're going to move into an impulse to create. And this awakens a way of supporting engagement and connection through expression. So the personal view takes form and awakens within and what is created inspires. So this may be of a recognized form. It may not be a recognized form. It might be an artistic medium. It may not. But the right to create is everybody's right. So creative empowerment actually holds all of those rights together and helps the impulse to hold all that together. So the third little blossom would be compassion and heart. So as a person spawns an essence for contact with something greater, we evolve. Togetherness is experienced through the right to harmony. 
So the right to harmony, as I mentioned, is a very positive movement. It's a feeling of, oh, I'm on the right track. It doesn't matter what it necessarily looks like. Is that the feeling is right. Movement is correct. And that, the right brings in the right to love and the right to experience compassion as a foundation for all spiritual groundings. The practice is simple and opens both you and I, the healer, the healy, to a new way of management. That's a sensitive process, a sensitive cycle of energy management. And the right to that is ours. So looking at how does that come into the body you look at physical embodiment and you see a way of managing your health, a way of physical practice that supports all of these impulses and transforms, helps transform negativity and it's actually a way of transmuting and protecting your energetics and holds the body-mind in harmony. That's why the embodiment is so powerful. So the right to contact in physical embodiment is, enables conscious union. And the last one, which is the expression of thought into words, well, I've just done that, is bringing all of the clarity you have into words and sharing it with others and opening this and allowing for the movement, for the inspiration, for the protection, for the valuable heart to be in community, to bring it together. Now, I'm running out of time here, and though I have lots of good thoughts here, unfortunately, we're not going to have uh, all the time I, I would like, but I'm going to make a few key pieces that spiritual care, as some of you know, is perhaps the most delicate of all um, issues that we have. If we can recognize and respect the basic rights that each individual has to being human and to having these sensitive impulses, then we actually learn to grow uh, together, distinct, culturally, in heart. So I've shared with you powerful rights, powerful thoughts, and and how energetics work in the world and react to these. This, to me, is what's going to dispel the darkness and support us in a common thread. These rights are offered in faith, and with respect, I honor this information and hope that you can support the light of this in your personal and heartfelt way. We're blessed to have a way of working that doesn't harm and that can support a world in health, taking care of this as ours. So I'm thanking you for taking the time to be with us, and I pray for this and that it be shared by all. Thank you for joining us this week for 5 Blossom Radio with Denise Richard. Please tune into our next program. We're live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, may you have a harmonious week.